What's going on? Everybody, you've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Co. And today we have a very special guest on the podcast. We have Mr. Billy Celio. How are you doing today, man? Um, I'm doing great, but I'm wondering if I have to have dramatic pauses whenever I speak for the rest of the show. Is that what we're supposed to be doing or is I'm just joking. That's funny. <laughs> no dramatic pause is necessary. Although okay. there might be a, a dramatic pause, you know, right before we, we talk about where you come from and uh, your role in the sports card space. We do have a fair bit of uh, hockey card collectors who tune into this specific podcast. I mean, we have collectors from all different walks of life, but we, we tend to resonate a little bit with the hockey card collectors. And uh, I feel like everyone should know that you you work for Upper Deck. Yep, uh, I've been there about nine and a half years now. That's a long time. Uh, yeah, my my tenure plaque is creeping up on me. I'll have a, a little more thing to clutter my desk here in about six months. That's amazing. They give you uh, so they give you like a plaque. Yeah, uh, five years I think you get like a little certificate, and ten years you get like this this big thing with a big X on it. And then as time progresses, they kind of you add on to the to the big X, but really, uh, that's pretty they, cool. Yeah, they used they used to have like we would have our quarterly meetings, and uh, they used to have your boss say nice things about you. But when COVID started, and then we were getting more and more people with the five years and the ten years, yeah, they kind of uh, cut back on that. So there'll probably be a nice little email with a write up uh, that someone had to say some nice things about me, but uh, only like one or two people will read it because it's they'll just kind of like. Oh, another email. Let's on to the next one. Billy, you know what they should do for you, especially because your tenure is coming up right around McDavid's or McDavid, right around uh, Connor Bedard's rookie season. You know, they should make you like a, a Billy Celio one of one Bedard, you know, just like a like a 10 year parallel. Just like uh, that would be, that'd be pretty damn cool. You know, they, whatever they talk, rookie crop that is that year, you know. There's there's always talk about like, how do you get your own card? And uh um, we have a lot of humble people in the office that really, you know, don't necessarily want their own card. But, you know, you think about it, it is kind of cool. There, There is a little secret way that uh, that people are get, are able to get into trading cards at Upper Deck, but I don't know if I'm allowed to speak upon it. But uh, at, from a standpoint of putting employees on, on trading cards, we kind of stay away from that. Yeah, yeah. I was, just, I was just kidding there. So let's talk a little bit about your role at Upper Deck. So, you know, you said you've been there for 10 years. What exactly do you do you do at Upper Deck? So I'm one of the pro uh, senior product managers. Um, and what I do is I basically, I say I build the sets. And what that means is I come up with, you know, the ratios, the inserts, the, you know, give kind of direction to everything. And then put everything in through a costing after I've kind of uh, sketched everything out. We have to hit a specific number. And when all is said and done, um, I have a big meeting. I write a brief that's anywhere between 20 to 60 pages. And it, it talks about every single insert. And I give specific directions. Uh, there's a lot of different people that are, that are part of the team that make cards. We have our coordinators who are the guys that build checklists. These are the guys that can tell you who the third you know, line defenseman on a CHL team is, you know, they know everything and anything Everybody. about like all the players. Um, and then, so they, they create the checklist. They're the ones that, you know, can 
uh, we call it allocating the memorabilia and the autographs. They're the ones that kind of have like the idea of when building checklists, who do we have autograph deals with and who do we have memorabilia for. Um, and then we have our brand manager. He's the one that kind of makes sure everything that we're doing, the league approves or does, you know, make sure that we don't do anything that the league wouldn't approve. We have our legal team that uh, makes sure, you know, insert names that we come up with are, you know, they're not copyrighted. They're not, you know, um, stepping on anyone's toes. We have our designers who do an amazing job at Upper Deck. I will I will say to the cows come home, I think we have some of the best designers in the business. Um, my direction, when I write this brief, I literally use a decoy and draw stick figures. And they have to somehow... <laughs> transfer those stick figures into amazing looking designs. I wish I could show people like the starting point of some of these designs to where they end up sometimes, but it, it's quite comical if, if you saw what I did. Um, you know, you have your purchasing person who is in charge of, you know, hey, I want this kind of paper or this special kind of, uh, you know, medallion in something or just, you know, that does all the purchasing stuff. You have a photography you know, I'm looking for portrait style photos. I'm looking for action images, waist up, three quarter, you know, all like we give specific directions. So this big brief that I write gives direction for everybody else to kind of follow throughout the process of building a set of cards. And what a lot of people don't understand is building a set of cards takes anywhere between usually. And this is this, I, I used to say this all the time uh, with COVID. It, it's obviously become longer but usually a set of cards can take anywhere between nine months to 13 months to create so uh you know we kind of follow the process all the way through the design team will then show us like designs and we approve or say you know this is what i'm looking for and, and whatnot um until the end where you know we have the set build and then we have to you know there's certain products stuff like the cup or ultimate or premiere that need specific loops uh, and what I mean by loops is we don't want like someone to get all the hits in one box and another box have no hits. So yeah. we try to for, you know, higher end products to really kind of figure out, OK, here's a case hit. Here's a box hit. Here's you're going to get this many of this hits in a box. And we have to sit there with the checklist and kind of make everything like make everything on a loop key. And then uh, our vendor follows those directions. Uh, we'll put a, a image gallery together that we put on Facebook. We put a master checklist out that we send to the uh, to you know guys like uh, um, Cardboard Connections. Yeah, and then it finally opens up, and you hope that everything came out as planned. Yeah, I mean that is an extensive process. Uh, yeah, you are at the forefront of man. So I mean, there's a reason why you and I were joking about you being famous in Canada because you are because I mean <laughs> hockey. <laughs> Hockey card collecting just wouldn't be the same slash possible at all, realistically, without your involvement. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people, and not just in Canada, but I mean, obviously across the world. But um, so kudos to you, and thank you so much for taking the time to actually, you know, be on the show. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, we talked about how extensive the process is in creating a set, right? Uh, over the last few years, so, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022, some of the, I mean, specifically like the edgeware and stuff like that have been at the forefront of, of the conversations. Um, how, how does that factor in? Like how does quality control factor in? What, has anything changed recently to affect quality control? Are there, you know, 
I mean, I can always get better, obviously. And there's always going to be some sort of, um, there's always going to be like, everyone wants a PSC 10 all the time. Right. Like, and that's just not quite possible, but I guess my question is, has anything changed? Because it seems like at the very least, like let's say Cole Caulfield, for instance, that, that's one young gun that's quite prominently like with that edge, that, that's that edge where, right. Um, has anything changed recently in terms of like the production process? Um, I can't really speak on, I mean, I can speak on our part. I can yeah. tell you that um, we, we always send someone to our, to our vendors. And uh, when the stuff starts coming off the line, they'll do what we call a case check. They'll go through the cases. They'll make sure all the hits fall where they're supposed to be. They'll make sure that, um, you know, that, like you said, the, the quality on the cards are there. And, um, you know, we, we go through it. I've done it myself. Like they actually flew me out one time to Texas to, to do these. And you're sitting there and you're sorting everything. You think it's just like coming off the line and stuff. It actually takes some time. And so we'll have someone that goes to our vendors and, and does all of this stuff. Now, do we have someone at our vendors for two straight weeks when these cards are being packed out um, into the thing? Uh, probably not. You know, we, we, once we, once we see that things are where we, we like them to be, um, you know, we hope that everything can stay consistent of what they, what they showed us at the beginning. And, you know, I can't really speak upon what our vendors, uh, how they cut cards or whatever. I could just say that we do have a, a, a quality control person that goes out there, checks all the sets, make sure that the hits fall, make sure that the cards look good. And, um, you know, unfortunately, there's times and this is one of the reasons why when when we ask people to, you know, give us a receipt and give us the box or like the box, the receipt, the, the, the number, the, the, the box, number, yeah, yeah. Because those serial numbers kind of are related to where during the during the production those cards were packed out. So then they can go back and see where there's was there a problem? Was there a feeder jam during this period of time on the uh, on the line that caused, you know, this, us to miss a hit or for us for cards to get damaged? You know, so we can kind of keep track of that sort of stuff. But um, from a quality control, you know, we obviously we, we send someone we care a lot about it, um, but we can't necessarily control everything that comes out from our vendor. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just to be clear, like I'm not by any means like trashing upper decks quality control. You know what I mean? Like there are I, I can mention so many other companies that are just way worse. But well, yeah, uh, the, these these vendors are, you know, so busy right now. Yeah. Like, they got literally shut down for weeks yeah. at a time. And, um, you know, the and then stuff that you know in previous years they might have had two weeks on a line now or three weeks on a line and they're like how much time do they have there's only a specific amount of time that these you know um you know these vendors can make put cards in the packs so they're doing their best to get stuff out there and you know we just hope that the that they they're paying attention to quality also I mean, I think it's important for, for you to have even provided the information to the listeners that, you know, that whenever you submit the the reimbursement request or, or the replacement request, rather, that all the information that, that you're giving to Upper Deck, they're actually using that information to find out where the problem took place and potentially deal with that problem moving forward, you know, maybe with this product or another product. I think that's super... I mean, that's interesting. You don't really think about it as like the consumer. You don't really think like, well, what are they going to do with this information? It's almost like it just feels asinine almost. And so it's 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 nice to hear that, 
you know, using my box number, you're, you guys are kind of able to pinpoint or at least try to pinpoint where the mistake went, went wrong, whether, like you said, a missing hit or, you know, a bunch of frayed edges in the same box or same set or whatever the case may be. So, I mean, I appreciate you. you and this is just one of many examples on like how you can provide such great insight to to collectors, you know, for hockey products. Yeah. And uh, believe it or not, those numbers do not mean where specific hits are. Yeah. <laughs> just so you know. There's uh I know some other uh some other manufacturers might have had that problem, but uh you know that is that's that's purely on where in the process of of you know the the cards uh being uh packaged through the vendor. And I know it's I know it's kind of a pain in the butt for some people. They're like, why do you need this? Why do you need that? Yeah, you know, if we just replaced everything and didn't find out what the problems are or try to fix the solutions, you know, we we wouldn't be helping ourselves out at all. No, I mean, then you guys have to print like twice as much stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it just doesn't make any sense from like a business perspective, obviously. Um, let's shift to you in, in Upper Deck. You know, recently we've had a lot of pretty cool inserts. My favorite is the Fanimation. Um, and that, that came out, I think it was like, what, 2015, if I'm not mistaken? It, w- it was, I, I do it, I change it up every two years. I think we're on the third or fourth iteration so, somewhere around there yeah 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 so we're close i think i might be right um my personal favorite you personally we had a conversation actually at the expo about the 16 bit do you first of all have a favorite insert and then my second question is actually i'll ask it afterwards let's talk first about like do you have a favorite insert you know have, having had your hands in so many different products throughout the years of at upper deck almost 10 years do you have a favorite insert with Upper Deck? Wow, that is a really good question. Um, you know, sometimes I I I am too clever. Sometimes I'm very clever, and sometimes um, it just doesn't uh, it doesn't hit. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one of the inserts that I'm really excited for um, that's coming up in next year's uh, series one and series two and extended. Um, you know, the portrait cards is one of those inserts that people ignored for a long time. And, you know, having built it year after year, I'm like, look, we're going to do one of two things. We're either going to make these interesting that people talk about them, whether they love them or they hate them, or we just need to get rid of them. So we made what's now called the step brothers, you know, version of the portraits where it's like the one face with the floating head in the background. And then the next year we made uh, people call it the saved by the bell with the laser beams. And it looks like it's in the nineties. Um, we tried a couple other things. Uh, one year was supposed to be like an uh, old old style West, um, you know, Western kind of feel. Unfortunately, none of the pictures got cropped with the way they were supposed to be. So it's like close up photos and it's like that sepia. And I I had requested all like um, like three quarter images yeah. of them, like portrait style. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't come out the way I wanted to. I think this year's looks pretty cool. Just kind of like a design that I got, uh, an artwork I got inspired by that I got designed. But this year's portraits, um, 100%. Wait, wait, just, to be, just to be clear, you mean 2023, 2024? 23, like- 24. The solicitation's yeah. out. There's a picture of McDavid. I paid for an artist. Yeah, it, 100% inspired by those, those like, it, it's actually, a friend of mine did this for themselves also, but you know those dog photos that are on top of like the heads are on top of like royalty bodies. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I paid an artist to take, um, you know, 
hockey players' heads and put them onto all these like royal looking. McDavid was the king, but there's a whole bunch of other ones coming out. That's pretty cool. And uh, it's absolutely amazing. And they they even like snuck in a lot of like um, you know, hidden like logos and stuff for the yeah, team yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But they they look absolutely amazing. So I'm really excited about next year's portraits. Again, some people are gonna love them. Some people are gonna think they're ugly, but people are gonna talk about them, and that's all I care about. Um, you got to have some fun with some inserts. Not everything is gonna be you know, this thousand dollar, 10 years from now, a thousand dollar insert from yeah, Metal yeah. Universe or thing. Yeah. Like, let's have some fun. Um, one of my, one of my favorite inserts that I made uh, was, it was called, uh, it was an insert. It was called box filler. And people saw the solicitation and the checklist or before the checklist came out, they saw the solicitation and they're like, dude, Upper Deck just gave up. <laughs> They're actually just calling an insert box filler. But the play on words, it was all guys that like are no like enforcers, like uh pretty funny. and coaster. Like I'm a Red Wings guy. It was all guys that were enforcers, and it was like pictures of them going into the penalty box or in the penalty box. And so thus box filler. And I'm like, this is very clever. And I, I've collected a bunch of those because there's some good Red Wings in that set. I'm a big Red Wings fan. Yeah. Um, but uh, that one I was I was very proud of. Um, and then the one that uh, people have heard about that uh, never got out is my bacon wrap parallel. Um, I made a parallel and there's literally like bacon strips of bacon on the front and the whole back just looks like strips of bacon. I'm from the I'm from the Midwest, uh, I, and but California is known for their bacon wrapped hot dogs, and so when I went to tailgate at a Michigan State game, I there was one time I'm like I don't got a lot of money on me. Let's let's figure out a cheap way to, you know, feed people at my tailgate. Yeah. So I made bacon wrapped hot dogs, and everybody loved them. So I was kind of known whenever I'd go back to East Lansing that uh, I would have bacon wrapped hot dogs there. So I'm like, let's do a bacon wrap parallel. Well, unfortunately, there's some kosher uh, players in the NHL, and we got the design. Like, I have the design on my phone. There is proof that it was made. Really? Um, oh, yeah. And I make sure I tell everybody this, too, because if, if one of our competitors – This was for next year's allure. Really? So, if yeah. So, if someone tried to copy this, it's it's out there that I that, – that the idea came uh, here first, but – um, you know, we've made the design and then the league kind of stepped in. Like I said, we have a brand manager that, uh, you know, at first they thought it was okay, but then the more you think about it, it's like, you don't want meat touching people that, you know, shouldn't, or pig meat that shouldn't be touched. Yeah. There was a bunch of politics yeah, to yeah. it. So yeah. it was so sad to see go and people still joke about it in our meetings, but that would have been my favorite, uh, insert of all time. But you still have pictures, though. You know that could be. Oh, I have pictures like deep, of it. Yep, it's like it's like deep, deeply rooted in your heart. Yes, exactly. And we went through a lot. Like my poor designer, like I kept having to explain it to her to the point she wanted to just go buy bacon and take pictures of it, so she would have the kind of bacon that I wanted on the back of the cards. That's rich, man. I mean, imagine you telling someone like, "Hey, I need you to go to the store right now and take pictures of bacon." You know, just <laughs> yeah. go, just go fry up some bacon so that we get we get the the parallel we're looking for here. Yeah, we get we have meetings where we go over designs, and there's this there's times where they got, "Oh, is this another Billy design? Is this another Billy insert?" Like they 
I, I have a little bit of a reputation for having some oddball stuff. We'll just say that. So you, you mentioned your oddball stuff. You mentioned that you have a reputation for oddball stuff. I need to ask, what what stuff do you collect personally? Because if it's anything like the bacon wrapped the <laughs> parallels, like we're gonna we're gonna go down a pretty cool rabbit hole here. So I uh, I love everything Detroit. Born and raised in Michigan, um, and former Michigan State players, but uh, I, I collect Red Wings hardcore. Um, I picked up a beautiful uh, monumental stick, uh, Zetterberg at the nice. at the expo. Yeah, that was my that was my big pickup at the uh, at the expo. But uh, Lidstrom was my favorite player growing up. Um, and then here's the thing. Like I collect, I, I have specific things that I collect. I also, I, I enjoy uh, wrestling. I've, I've actually moved towards AEW since we've had the license. And honestly, I like the wrestling more than I like the soap opera. And that's more AEW style. So yeah. I, I do enjoy wrestling. I have, I have one or two specific wrestlers that I hoard all their cards. Um, I do enjoy UFC. I go to International Fight Week every year. I just bought my tickets uh, this week, and I try to get as many like cards signed when I go down there, even though they're not upper deck cards. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I collect entertainment. And when I say entertainment, I I'll, I'll collect. You know, upper deck has the Marvel license, and I collect a lot of that stuff. And I also just go out and collect autographs myself. Um, you know, being in the trading card market, I, I don't want to say I become immune to trading cards. Uh, I certainly haven't. But, um, you know, part of my job is to open up a case when it comes out and and, you know, make sure everything falls at the same rate. It's to the point where, like, I'll like we're sitting there, we're opening up a case of the cup uh, to ch check and everything. And we get a Capri's off, you know, exquisite auto patch. And it's just kind of like, OK, well, I got the case like. Dude, yeah, you just got yeah. like an unbelievable card. Literally, like excited. one of the best cards you could get. Like, yeah, I'm like, well, you know. So uh, I'm just using that as an example. No, for sure. But for sure. Uh, you know, so the the entertainment stuff is still fun for me because when I living in Michigan, a celebrity is like a radio DJ or like a news anchor or something like that. Yeah. And now that I live in in Southern California, there's a lot more available for me to see, but. Uh, uh, that's that's pretty much the other thing I collect. So a lot of people know that, and then they also know I collect a lot. I I mean I I just had my boss go to uh, go to Frankenstein's, which is this big uh, warehouse of, of yeah, collectibles yeah, for sure. I know. And I'm like, can you pick me up three more boxes of the 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 three panel you know top loader boxes because I'm I'm out of space, you know. So I'm I'm still collecting cards, that's for sure. Um, but I also collect entertainment autographs. That's awesome. You mentioned Upper Deck, the Cup, and Kaprizov, and I have to ask. So <laughs> I have to. So Kaprizov and and Sorokin were, I mean, two of the biggest chases in the product, right? Uh, they both came out with sticker autographs. I'm just wondering, and obviously, I mean, there's only uh, there might be things you can say about it, or you can't say about it, but why was it that those two guys didn't get hard signed cards? Like I've I've said it. I mean, I've said it a bunch. We did everything we could. To get the to get them hard signed cards, um, we went above and beyond. And I wish I could go into all the stories no, of everything sure. that we did. Uh, I can't, but I mean, we went above and beyond. And it got to the point where, do we delay this even more? Do we make them non autograph cards, which I can't even imagine yeah, that response. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or do we do we use stickers that we have in inventory? 
and it it just it became um it became obvious that 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 was the decision i don't want to say that that was the best decision because the best decision would obviously be hard sign but that was the decision that probably would have been uh that that's the decision that's the least affected because people have been waiting for that that set of the cup for way too long and then um you know uh, yeah we, we we couldn't do anything else we we did everything we could we went above and beyond and we just wanted to get the cards in people's hands i mean i think even just hearing that from you is like is important you know what i mean because people forget that that, that you know as much as they're like it's very easy to go after a company and say oh why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that but like if you hear someone from the company who's actually has their hand in so many different areas when it comes to like getting this thing out and if he's sitting here saying that like, we literally did everything we could and that this product was already delayed and and just having that perspective and saying listen we want to get you guys these cards they're they're already late so how much more late do you want them to be right and 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 even at the even if we delay them even further there's still no guarantee that that we're going to have the desired outcome right so i mean i i i honestly I just wanted to know and I wanted to make sure that, you know, everyone who listens to this podcast had the opportunity to just kind of hear what happened there. And uh, that you, I mean, that you guys hopefully did everything you could. And that, I mean, at the end of the day, it is still a sign. It's it's an autograph card, right? Like there's, I, I know that we, it's almost like uh, we're spoiled at Upper Deck, like with Upper Deck product, with most of our stuff's like hard signs, you know, like, especially like our, when it comes to like the, and if we look at some of our high, hard sign stuff versus, some of the other companies, and I say our as if like I'm part of Upper Deck, but you know, like I mainly collect Upper Deck uh, when it comes to, I mean, I can mainly collect soccer and hockey. So, but, you know, if you look at some of the other card manufacturers, I mean, they have hard signed cards exponentially more expensive when it comes to buying those products, right? So, um, like I said, it, it's almost like uh, we're used to a certain standard and and sometimes the stuff just doesn't happen the way that you expected it to. Yeah, I mean, exactly what you said let's talk a little bit about we talked briefly about 2023 2024 big chase Connor bedard of course what are you guys rolling out that's you know i'm sure well there were rumblings of of the one of ones so i mean i, I kind of want to talk about that in, in a little bit do you have the prototype like do you know do you know what it's going to look like for the one of ones um i know the design so okay when we built uh when we built 23 24 um there's a new configuration and that's that in itself got a lot of buzz um a lot of people there's a lot of traditionalists out there like i want my 24 packs i want this and that yeah and here's the thing is we i didn't when i i, I built it initially as a 24 pack box and like I said, there's specific numbers that we need to hit. And um, we weren't even coming close. It, it wasn't even close. And the content was was solid. We didn't want to really mess with anything. And it came through discussion. You know, what if we, how, how can we build this product that it costs the same as the previous year um, with, with, with the content or maybe even make it better, but we want it, we I didn't want the price to go up. I yeah. didn't want to like year after year, like series one or series two goes up. So um some of the biggest increases in like so we'll look at our costing and look at what's costing money. And some of the biggest costs is paper and foil, foil wrap, 
So it's like, okay, well, what if we, what if we cut down the number of packs, which will obviously decrease the amount of foil needed to, to pack these cards out. Yeah. And that did help significantly. And then for paper, you know, what if we like kind of combined it, we knocked out a few base cards, but we also added an extra insert and people are like, Oh, well, it's only like a 50 cent insert. Well, you tell me that 50 cent insert is, is worth less than three base cards. Um, on many occasions it's not. Yeah. So I feel like we actually added more value to the box. You're still getting six young guns. You're still getting your canvas. You, everything has changed. The, the ratios are just divided by two. Everything's exactly the same. Plus there's more insert content. Plus there's more numbered cards. We've been talking about uh, a one-on-one young gun for years, and it just needed to make sense for us to con- to convince um, everyone that this was the time. And what better time than you know a Bedard rookie year? Um, I also wanted to add more numbered cards into into flagship because I just felt like people were getting frustrated. They weren't hitting high glosses and exclusives at the rate that they might have been used to, you know, fifteen years ago. Um, I wanted to get more numbered cards in there. So um, we've got, we're always looking for new technology. We're always looking for new vendors that can create really cool stuff for us. And and we found one that prints these, this like foil board paper, but it's, it's 10 times. It just looks 10 times better than just a regular foil board paper. It's, yeah. it's amazing. And so um, I wanted to create, you know, the parallels to like, I wanted to create like the one-on-one to look like this because I, I still didn't want it to step on high gloss and exclusives. Yeah. Um, I want it to look different. So we we're knocking out the background of the card. It's just going to be the player with the design and it has this big burst in the background. And there's the regular one that comes one per box that is basically taking the place of the French parallel. Um, and then we have the red, which is numbered out of 25, where the background is tinted red. And we have the golds that are now one-on-ones. We added the deluxe parallel that is numbered uh, 250. So now you're going to have 250, 110. And those are going to look just like the, the regular young guns. And then you're going to have these outbursts, which are one per box uh, out of 25 and one of one. And we also got rid of, even though it was an Easter egg, we got rid of the um, clear-cut exclusives. So we really added four parallels, but we got rid of two parallels. So it's yeah. not like we have, you know, 30 different parallels of Young Guns now. But yeah. um, we did add some differences. But then we also wanted to make it look a little bit different. That way it still doesn't step on the toes of the high gloss and the exclusives. For sure. So the number 25, the red, is that going to be available as, as a young gun as well? Yes. Really? So there's going to be like yes. a red young gun. The outbursts, the red and the, and the, um and the gold are all picking up the full 250 card set. So there's going to be says seven young gun variations. One of one, the outburst, the outburst red, the 250, the exclusive, High gloss. I think maybe six. I've got ten. I got ten in my head. Really? I've got the three different versions of outbursts. So the regular outburst, the red, and the gold. Okay. You've got the um just the regular young gun. 
Yeah, so that's four. Right. Yeah. Then you have the exclusive, uh, high gloss and deluxe. So there's three more. The deluxe is and number then you also have correct? the clear. You have the clear cut. What was that? The deluxe is number to two fifty, correct? No, deluxe. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, deluxe yeah, is number yeah, two fifty. Yeah, yeah. You have the clear cut, and then you also have the rainbow foil and the specker foil, which That's are right. impact uh, stacking. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. And if you want to get technical, you got the jumbos <laughs> that come in in blasters. Also, that's true. That's true. So I mean, collecting a rainbow could get really interesting nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, like really interesting. It, uh, it is. Um, you know, a rainbow, you got to have the one-on-one. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, th and I don't know if you opened much allure. That was one of the big things with allure when we made that rainbow insert. Like how many times do people talk about collecting the rainbow? I yeah. wanted to make that set more attainable. Yes, there's only 199 possible rainbows of each specific player, but that's a whole lot better than one person having the one-on-one -on -one and then just fighting over it and nobody else has a chance to do it. Yeah, you're right. And and I kind of, I mean, I like that about Upper Deck. And, and I mean, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people who collect, I mean, you don't see the, the, the same kind of urgency to just tear through product and just get like someone gets the one of one and all of a sudden like all hell breaks loose, right? It's not quite like that with, with other, our car, other card companies. I find a lot of people collect Upper Deck because they actually collect and they're not necessarily just chasing hits. Um, And, and I think that that's, that's what starts to happen when you have, I mean, so many of those low numbered uh, parallels, right? So I like that Connor Bedard is going to be accessible for, I mean, a lot of people. Now, when you, you mentioned some of these parallels, which ones will be available in like blasters or will they, will they all be available in blasters? Uh, the outburst, the regular outburst will, will be in blasters. Will if be. I remember correctly. Okay. Um, that's for sure. And I will, I will say this and here, here's one thing that people, um, don't understand also about like what goes into EPAC and what goes into hobby boxes. Yeah. So the first year that we did EPAC, um, you know, we were still in the learning, learning, uh, uh, groove yeah. and we're sitting there and I think there were like six, high gloss Jack Eichel young guns that were an EPAC as opposed to hobby, which shouldn't have been the case. Yeah. And it's just because they sorted like our vendor just sorted the stuff. So remember I was talking about loops. We've gotten as detailed now to separate cards like that, like this many number and it goes off of the percentage. So however many cases that we build, I'm just going to, you know, use, non-real numbers say that um there's uh a hundred cards of of a player and um 60 of them are in hobby or they're in the the the, the print run is 60 percent hobby and 40 percent epac again completely made up numbers yes 60 of the exclusives will be in hobby 40 of the exclusives will be in epac we actually split it up and have our vendors split the numbers up specifically to the percentage of how much of each uh skew is being made so the skew like hobby or epac yeah yeah so that that's done specifically that being said i will i will go on i will go on record because i'm building it and i will be uh i will be 
I build it. I have people that re- yeah. review everything I build. I, I'm yeah. not taking full credit for everything. Um, but uh, the Bedard one of one will be in a hobby box. It will not be saved for EPAC. So all you conspiracists um, who think that uh, that card's going into EPAC, um, I will make sure that that card is in hobby. There will be specific directions pointing out that specific card will go into a hobby box. That's pretty wild. Once it finally makes its way into a hobby box, um, can we look forward to that in series one, series two? I know a lot of people are asking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So some people say I can say this. Some people say I can't say anything. So what I will say is... um, that we we are, are are print using this the same vendor that has been doing an amazing job the last uh, you know two to three sets you know we, we had our little rounded corner issue um, and it's it's gone overseas to be printed and uh, because of that the timing and stuff shipping and stuff like that um, it's really only allowed us to put holdover rookies into series one so. I'll let you guys do the math on where you think that might show up, but I can't say anything specifically. I mean, that, I think, I think we're good then. I think we're good. Billy, <laughs> <laughs> you're the best. Let's talk a little bit. I mean, how did you even get, get, get into this space, man? How does, where does your collecting journey start? So, cause I mean, you're so I passionate. You're, at, you're a genuine guy, you know, yeah. like I love it. I mean, I was a, I was a, I was a kid growing up collecting. Um, you know, the first set that I really started collecting was it was probably two, and it's kind of funny because one of them's entertainment, but it was '97 Topps baseball with the wood border. Nice. Fell in love with that set as a kid. Who didn't want to get a mark? Everyone wanted that Mark McGuire rookie. You know, if you if you had the money, you would try to get that USA '95 card. But you know, it is what it is. And I, I collected a lot of uh, Temple of Doom and Return of the Jedi cards as a kid, too. Really? Because those were all over the place. So, um, I, I, yep, I collected as a, as a kid. I would, I would ride my bicycle to the golf course and pick cans out of the garbage because in Michigan – cans are worth 10 cents a piece yeah yeah and usually by like whole two or three there's there's like you know eight to ten cans in each in each uh garbage thing so i would sit there i'd have garbage bag i would ride my bike to the golf course which was a couple miles from my house i would take gar- i would take uh i call them pop cans yeah, uh, yeah. i'm i'm from the uh midwest i right. I'd, I'd get get the pop cans i'd go to the grocery store turn those in and then buy myself some you know 35 40 cent packs of uh of tops baseball and uh and star wars and um or return of the jedi and indiana jones temple of doom that was that's where i kind of started i collected all the way up until college um when you get to when you get into college you kind of spend money on other things yeah of course um and then when i got when i finished college i you know kind of got into it again and collected and so people always ask how I got to Upper Deck. Um, one of my really good friends from college uh, married somebody. Uh, I moved to California 
and she's just like, Hey, you want to, like, we did a couple double dates and, um, it ended up being Jason Mashra, what wow. she married Jason Mashra. First <laughs> time I met Jason Mashra was wow. at his wedding. Yeah. Um, I had coached this, a boy, I had coached a soccer tournament and I was late and I only made it to the reception. I didn't even go, I didn't even make the wedding. I made the wow. reception, but that was the first time I met him. Um, and it was so funny. We hit it off. I just started talking. I didn't know what he did for a living. Yeah, yeah. And he, we still like, wait, you were for upper deck. And I, like, my eyes were huge and big. I spent more time talking to him than I did his wife. And so, um, we just kind of kept talking. Uh, every now and then I'd buy a box at my card shop and I was like, I just bought this all time greats and got a BJ Armstrong autograph. Like, come on. What is like just jokingly? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now that I look back on it, I was like, I can't believe he even took my text messages because if people were bugging me with that stuff, um, I would just like, <laughs> but, uh, so I was sitting there and um, I, I worked in, I worked in the restaurant business for a number of years and I did, uh, marketing and catering for famous Dave's. Uh, I worked at, I was a, a manager at on the board, like different restaurants out in California. And I got a job working at, um, another restaurant and they offered me this marketing position. And a week later, the GM left and then I was waiting tables and I'm just like my knees and, and feet are just shot. I played yeah. soccer for 30 years and yeah. uh, arthritis creeped in and he calls me up one day. He's like, what's your situation right now, Billy? And I'm like, honestly, I'm once the holidays is done, I'm ready to, I'm ready to leave this place. I'm looking yeah. for something else. He's like, well, I don't know if you've heard, but Richard's passed away and uh, I, I've stepped up as the, as the president. And he goes, and I, I, I make sure I say this. He, um he's like i can't hire you he goes i let my people hire who they want to hire and he goes but i can get your resume in i'm like okay sounds great so he turned in my resume and there were a couple positions open there was the product uh development which was my position and then there was a coordinator who i mentioned is the guy that does the checklist yeah and uh i had about three or four uh interviews and what's crazy is like in michigan like you walk into a place and ask to speak to a manager and it's like, you almost get an interview there. Yeah. Here yeah. It's like you have a phone interview, you have this, you have, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of jealous because I just drove down from LA to, to Oceanside and it was like, you know, an, an hour and a half or, or two hour drive. They flew in like some of the other people that got hired. Like, oh, wait, really? you, got, you got a plane from Tony, my counterpart, he's the other senior product manager. Yeah. They flew him in from Chicago. I'm like, man, they for the interview they treated you nice, yeah. That's but nice. um, they uh, I I just I I hit it. I I guess I did well in my interview. I I laughed because um, they asked like my least favorite car, like my favorite set, and at the time it was Alan Ginter. That was back yeah. when you actually used to get autograph cards in yeah. every box. Um and. Uh, and they're like, well, what's your least like? And they're asking stuff. And like, my least favorite in like card, I I think I told them was an upper deck card. That's so funny. It was that like that like twenty something autograph Michael Jordan with all North Carolina, and they they wasted like twenty something labels. Yeah, on yeah, a card. yeah, yeah. I'm like, this makes no sense to me. I mean, yeah, it's it's you you can talk about it, but it just made absolutely zero sense. Uh, that card because it's it's all like North Carolina. It's not like you're showing like different seasons and no, as a bowl. Exactly. You know, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. showing a bunch of. So 
I was like, well, I, I still thought it went well. And uh, Grant Sandground, who is our vice president of product development now, um, he seemed to uh, have a liking towards me. And um, I was I, I got hired. I was very, very fortunate that uh, my first six months on the job was literally sitting next to him at his desk with him showing me um, uh, how everything works. What a lot of people might not know about Grant is he actually used to work for Beckett. He was the guy that made the values like that wow. figured out values yeah, yeah. For, for cards. So if there's anyone that's going to know something about card value, um, it's going to be a guy that held that position at some point. Um, so he he uh, he taught me so much. And, uh, you know, I, I do my best to pass that information on to 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 my counterparts uh, at Upper Deck. But, um, you know. Uh, he he's absolutely amazing. So um, as I said, luckily he, he liked me when this position is, you have to know how to work numbers. Yeah. And I got, I had a lot of experience with that in the restaurant business. Um, I had to deal with food costs, liquor costs, labor costs, yeah. on sense, all that stuff. And what I had to learn was, okay, how can I apply this to trading cards? All that stuff. Now it's, paper costs, decofoil costs, and you just need to learn how to manipulate numbers. And um, so I, I, I did have some background in being able to work with numbers and manipulate it. Now, I did say I was I was uh, skilled in uh, Excel. Um, I said that until I saw the Excel sheets that they yeah. had upper deck <laughs> and the ones that Grant built. And I was like, I don't know anything about yeah, Excel. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can know formulas, but this guy had like I'm playing chess and this dude's got like the 3d chess level. He's got like, he's got like four screens going, you know, exactly. So, um, you know, and then you have to, you kind of have to know the card market. You you have to know what, what's valuable. Like you can, you can create a set that margins out great, but if nobody buys it, cause there's no hits in it and there's no, you know, then, then it's not going to work. So it's, it's, it's hard to find people that can do both of those things. And then it's also find, hard to find people that can do both of those things that aren't already in the in the industry yeah, and doing something already towards the industry. So, um, you know, I, I enjoy my job. I love it. It's it, it took me 30 something years to, I, as I say, get my dream job. But um, it like we had our um, my my review a couple years back. My boss is like what uh what's your five-year plan you know that cheesy question yeah, yeah always always and i always want to answer it like uh from 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 uh big daddy where he's just like don't die you know <laughs> <laughs> adam sandler but uh uh I, I told him i'm like i'm doing what i want to do like i i love this position and you know he used to do what i did and now he gets to oversee it all i go but i like coming up with the concepts myself and grant yeah. grant gets involved grant does come up with some amazing ideas and still helps us out and we'll like look at our builds and say well why don't you do this and he still has his his uh thumbprint on everything that comes out of upper deck but um i just love the ability to be the one that kind of comes up with the ideas and the concepts and stuff so i'm happy where i'm at uh they just keep giving me more responsibilities um like that's how they 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 justify people like for me like okay yeah. well do you want to stay at the same position yes well let's just keep you moving up but have you moving up by by helping you teach people and reviewing stuff and that sort of thing 
I mean, I think it's amazing that we've got someone who's as passionate and hopefully everyone who's listening can hear just how passionate you are, Billy, about, you know, sports cards and, and, and the collectible space in general and having someone have like that with such a big pivotal role in, in, a, in upper deck is, is, uh, is pretty wonderful to hear at least, you know, from firsthand experience, Billy, if you had to give our, our guests one thing to look forward to for upper deck from upper deck in the next six months, what would it be? Um, man. So I know I, I'm pretty sure there's, there's some names that I really like in the, um, in the metal champions coming out, but that's nice. not my set. Yeah. If you want me to kind of, I mean, I, I, I give, I definitely give credit where credit's due with, with my counterparts. And I, and I know metal champions uh, looks amazing again. Um, the, the two that I'm, ex- I'll tell you the ones I'm excited about that I built. Yeah. Um, is I think ice is going to be one of the next ones out. I, I think it's still about a month away, but ice is coming out. And the one thing about ice is, um, you know, we, we, we were realistic about getting products out yeah. and it was a tough decision, but they decided not to produce 2021 ice. Yeah. But we wanted to make sure that guys like Robertson and Lafiniere, whatever that they had their ice premieres, um, out of 99, assuming they're 99, I say that I don't, <laughs> yes. I don't remember what yes. Robertson is because he was, he was a two forty nine in the cup, but yeah. uh, you know, um, you know, I think ice is, is stacked. I, I, I like the product. I say that th- that doesn't mean everybody go buy it and I'm not telling everybody. Yeah, to go yeah, buy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just realized what I'm saying. I just, yeah. I really like the product. I, I do. Yeah. Cause I like the bonus pack. Cause you could technically, the bonus packs are just kind of like mystery packs almost. We don't know yeah. what's in there. You could get, you know, um, a 99 cider uh, and, and a 99 Robertson in the same box. You know, that could happen because those those bonus packs are, are just kind of blind packs. Um, and then one of the biggest ones I'm I'm super excited about, and it's not even hockey, and I apologize. No, no, don't apologize. Marvel, Go for Marvel it. Marvel Allure. I'm telling you right now, I, I've seen the checklist and the signers. This is the biggest list of signers that any Marvel product has ever had. I would put it up against any um, any uh, entertainment set. Period. Um, you've got uh, you know the big names like Hemsworth, and this is it's a phase one through three. It's taken a while to to come out, but the only good thing that that's ha- that's happened is we've been able to add more people to it because yeah. we've had more time to get more deals done. But it's got um, it's got like Evans and Hemsworth, um, big name Hiddleston. Everyone loves. Um, gosh, I'm just I'm just uh, trying to like Tessa Thompson's in it. Kat Dennings in it. Jamie Alexander made a return. Elizabeth Debicki, Elizabeth uh, uh, Olsen. Um, it's. Uh, I think even Dave Batista has a card in there. I mean, that sounds like a stack uh, checklist. Uh, uh, Don Cheadle, uh, Anthony Mackie, Jeremy Renner, Sebastian Stan, Emily Van Camp. Um, I'm sitting here going through the TV shows. Yeah, in my yeah. Head. Uh, Paul Bettany, like all people from the TV shows, people from the movies. We brought people back that haven't signed in in a number of years. Like Tessa hasn't had a card since uh, you know the previous uh, a Thor two movie ago. Um, Jamie Alexander hasn't had a, uh, a card even farther than that. Um, the, 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 it's, it's ridiculous. The, the checklist for that set is, 
um, as I said, one of the biggest Marvel uh, sets from an autograph standpoint that that I and and you're talking to someone that religiously collected the Black Diamond uh, uh, set. I have the full exquisite base set. I have the full Black Diamond base set. I have a number of autographs and and memorabilia cards from that set. I absolutely love that set. I'm super excited. It's a different technology. It's a different kind of card, but the autograph list is phenomenal. So that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about Metal Champions because um, uh, I, I like a lot of the names that they got in there. Um, there's a few hometown boys that I'm nice. excited about. Um, I'm excited about ice hockey and I'm excited about, uh, Oh, Oh, one more, one more, one, one more, more, one more. I don't know. I love it. I mean, all you're doing metal, is giving us a ton of information. So metal universe, AE, metal universe, AEW. What? That's going to be, yeah, that one, um, PMGs for all these wrestlers, you know, we've put out some flagship. We put out a high end set with spectrum. Um, but, uh, we've got, uh, metal universe uh aew that's that one's gonna do very well or that one i'm really excited for also yeah billy i want to thank you so much for coming on to the cardboard coaches podcast today and uh, really not only putting a face to you know upper deck but but to show all of our listeners and audibly anyway uh you know really where the hobby is in terms of in good hands so i really appreciate that man no problem. And again, I, I love and enjoy everything that you do. I know not everything like people aren't going to love everything that we do. Yeah. Um. I, I, I'm surprised you didn't mention our, our introduction story where I literally just came up to you at the yeah. hobby insider dinner and said, <laughs> come on, how do you feel about the 16 bit cards now? I know, I know, I know. And, and had, I know. Had yeah. to explain everything, but uh, I love, I love the content that you do anything that we can do to, to help out. Um, but, uh, you know, thank you for having me on. Of course, man. Appreciate it. Thanks again. Team, I hope you enjoyed this, this week's episode of the Cardboard Coaches. For now, Cardboard Coaches are out of here. Peace.